All right, welcome everyone to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Devotny, and I'm joined this week as always by my co-host Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we'll be reacting to the conference championship games as we'll look back on the Eagles' dominant victory over the 49ers, talk about the quarterback injuries, of course, this first San Francisco, and the Chiefs' controversial victory over the Bengals. You know, we'll give our thoughts on both of those in their entirety, look ahead to the Eagles and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, some of the storylines we're looking forward to. And we'll also talk about a flurry of NFL coach hirings, three teams appointing new head coaches since our last episode, also some big news involving coordinators in that time. So we'll cover our bases on those. So with that, let's get started. So the uh, past few days, I was trying to come up with a an idea of how I want to intro this episode. And I, I had a few things come to mind. Didn't really love any of them. But then things got pretty easy for me on Wednesday morning when Tom Brady posted on social media a video saying that he is retiring for good. You know, we kind of went through that song and dance a year ago. Claims it's at least, you know, th- this time is for good. We'll see. I'm still a little skeptical about it, but uh, it's, you know, obviously a hey, big news in the NFL uh, and, you know, could be a regular thing between a uh, conference championship and Super Bowls with Brady deciding to hang it up. I mean, I can't blame you for being skeptical because he retired on the same day last year. Yeah, exact same day. And he came back and it's kind of like a Brett Favre thing all over again, where is he coming back? Is he not coming back? And it. And so I don't blame him. I do, but if I were to predict, I do think it's for good this time, just just because of how this year went. Where I mean, not only the were the Bucks not a good football team this year, but you know, I think I think Brady was just I don't I don't think his heart was in it. I don't think he sucks. I think he could still play, but I don't. I just don't think he was just as invested in this season than in past seasons, because you 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 saw him taking all this time off and. In training camp, and then you saw him you know, go to weddings like right before a game. Yeah, and, and like two days for a game. And they're losing to crap teams like Carolina that have nothing to really nothing to play for, and 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 so and so yeah, like if if it's gonna look like this, like I, I it makes sense that Brady's done. And honestly, you know, before the news was announced, I'd imagine that he was looking around to see what his possibilities were. I'm playing on a, on a different team because the way it ended in Tampa, it's like all right, he's not going back to Tampa. He's obviously not coming back to New England. And so I'm looking <laughs> looking at the teams yeah. around in the league, like what would make sense for for Brady? And the teams that came to mind were like Miami, but they they sound like they're really committed to Tua, which I think is yeah, kind of they, a mistake, just because I think those concussion issues are really a a red flag. He was good this year. But he, just... he did clear concussion protocol, but yeah, that is a, it's a very much a concern is what, what you're going to have with him from a health perspective. But you know, they, they did say that they were content with Tua and they wouldn't pursue Tom Brady. Right. And then another team like the jets, that makes some sense with how good their defense is. And they got some pretty good pieces on offense and 
the quarterback is a complete moron there with Zach Wilson. <laughs> so you could say like, hey, they're a quarterback away from being a, a good team or a really good team. And but and then Las Vegas, it's like, okay, you know, Josh McDaniels is there and they have pieces on offense that make sense, but their defense has always sucked. And it is a tough division. But like if Brady believes in himself, then I could see him there, but just God, their defense has always been bad. And I, everything needs to be perfect, in my opinion. With just yeah, given I, his I age. think that was pretty clear this year. Is like, I mean, like the the box obviously weren't a great football team. They weren't as good as they were the past two years, but they still had enough like names and enough guys that you're like, okay, that they could be fine. But all it took was a couple of offensive line injuries, and their their offense was was awful. Right, and Brady at this point does not want to take any more hits. And, no, and right that, for so just at his clear. age, like being forty five. Yeah. And would be 46 uh-huh. if he played again. And then, so the only team, it, there are plenty of teams that made sense, but I think the the best overall fit from a football standpoint would have been San Francisco. I and agree with that. It, but, you know, the, and especially with the injuries that they have at the quarterback position, position right now with, like, Purdy, we can get to that later, but uh, with his injury, and then Lance, he need, he's needed multiple surgeries and looks like they're not committed to Jimmy anymore. And so... You know, it was his former. It was his the team that he root up. He he grew up rooting for, and they have all these amazing pieces, and so that would have made sense. But it sounds like he didn't really. The other teams didn't want him, so it was kind of like he, he was. It was basically just what Tampa or bust or like that. That, really that was what a lot of people were kind of. I don't even know. It, so yeah, it looks I, like I don't know the full details either. Like, it, but yeah, it, it looks like. But, he was just like, you know what? I have enough. I had enough. Like, like I, I've I've done everything that I've wanted to accomplish, and yeah. So it sucks that he's retiring. Definitely end of an era in my childhood. And uh, what separates Brady from from everybody is his his drive and his competitiveness and his will to win. And so that's definitely something that I will miss. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, there's no no arguing that for me. I mean, when it comes to the skepticism on my part, I think it's more just like, all right, I tried to convince myself that he was actually done a year ago, and then with, within like a month, he already announces he's going to come back. It sounds like at least that won't happen. Like he's prioritizing family. And I think that's part of it too, is like the idea that maybe Brady doesn't want to go to a team like the Jets or the Titans or the Raiders who are nowhere close to his kids in Florida. And, you know, does he... Like we saw this year, like with with this Bucks team and just how bad things can get, and there's like this idea of him, oh, he's gonna go out on a Super Bowl win or you know go out on a high. He had so many chances to do that, but he decided to keep coming back. And uh, it, it seems like at the very least, he's not gonna do anything unless someone randomly comes calling in like July or August because they're desperate and they want to bring him in. And maybe at that point, he's you know been away enough to to come back, but. It does seem like he actually wants to prioritize his family this time. Obviously, you know, the whole marital issues, the divorce with Giselle. He still has kids by all accounts. He still cares about them. Like, he still loves them. Like, they're still a, a part of his life. And um, it that's makes what, sense that's from why that Miami, standpoint. That's why Miami mm-hmm. was a was a, a consideration for, for Brady because of the team, but also his family life. Where yeah. He's, yeah, I mean, I think he was in Miami when he, he posted the video announcing his retirement. Right. So. 
Uh, the connection there obviously made sense, but that, that just totally blew up with the, the whole Brian Flores stuff because I think if that doesn't happen, now how much of that was Bill Belichick got word of it and wanted to put a stop to it versus you know some other factors, but if they were able to pull off that Sean Payton-Tom Brady deal, I do think he'd be in Miami, and I think he'd still be playing in Miami. And there yeah, are also I, reports that maybe that was what led to his divorce with Giselle, not just coming back, but the idea of him you know, doing that stuff in Miami and her not knowing about it. I've I've always hated the, like, oh, Brady deciding to keep playing was the reason why they got divorced. Like, there have always been talks of it for several, several years and just, just, just happened to happen in his last season in the, in football. And so I don't know what to think of that, but. Yeah. I mean, it also became official in October. Like, it was, like, not just filed for divorce midseason. It was, like, they are officially divorced. And right. I, I don't know how it works with rich people and stuff, but I, I imagine that, you know, there's still a, a long legal process. I know that's how divorces normally work. So it seemed like that was something that was in the works long before, you know, whenever some of those rumors started to arise uh, late in the off season. Yeah. So... I mean, uh, there's obviously, you know, the the talks, you know, beyond just uh, do you believe like he's actually done, uh, whether playing this one extra year was worth it. Revisionist history. Yeah. Uh, In hindsight. Yeah. It wasn't the right decision. But, you know, at the same time, he was runner up MVP just last season. Oh, yeah. Behind Aaron Rodgers. There's reason to believe that he could have still come back. And there's a big difference between going out on top and kind of going out sad in in this sense and it doesn't necessarily take away from the first 22 years of his career uh but yeah i mean the, there is like a little bit of a you know the way that you last saw him on the field versus what could have been if he stepped away after the bucks super bowl win or even after that divisional round almost comeback loss to the Rams. his skills yeah obviously they decline a little but i don't think it's dramatic i don't i don't i think I don't it's think he like sucks. Peyton I think Manning he's still pretty Brees good. Who don't have an arm anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like Peyton Manning so. where yeah, like where his arm is completely shot. I think I think uh-huh. he's still fine, but the the drive the is is definitely something that's taken a, you know that that that's that part's definitely fallen off. So yeah, and you got to be really motivated to play still at, at his age. So uh, it makes sense why he's looks like he's he's done for for good this time. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I you won't I believe it until you, until gonna, September, though. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think it's going to be March again, like last year. But you know, I could I could certainly see some scenarios where maybe even just longer than a month away, like six months away. And that was what happened with Brett Favre, right? When he went to the Jets, it was like July, August, and then the same thing the next year with the Vikings. Like you basically retire for six months and then say, oh, football is actually starting again. No, I want to come back and play again. So not to say it'll be the exact same scenario there, but uh, the, the two teams would be the more likely situation. If that were to happen, the two teams I would look out for would be would be the Niners and the Dolphins just because of the quarterbacks with with their injuries of Tua and his concussions. Mm-hmm. Like how long is that going to be a thing? And and yep. And all the injuries at quarterback for the Niners with with Lance's ankle needing multiple surgeries and Purdy's UCL and and Jimmy and and so if it were to happen, those were the two teams I'd look out for. But at the same time, it's like I I do I do believe he's done for good though this time. 
Yeah, so th- this definitely is like the the first domino to fall in what should be a busy offseason when it comes to quarterbacks. You know, what teams are going to prioritize drafting a young player, what teams are going to go after. Still like several potential trade targets and free agents out there. So should be kind of exciting. And, you know, the Bucks are officially a team to be in the market for a new signal caller with Kyle Trask being the only quarterback on their active roster right now. You I mean, know you mean they shouldn't pick, go into the year as him as the QB one? No? I don't think that they believe in him as they start. They're, yeah, I mean, Blaine Gabbert was a backup quarterback for them. So Kyle Trask couldn't even, you know, get a an official hat. He's so. a late second round pick. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, it feels, I know, I know. feels like they don't yeah. really believe in him. So... <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's let's move on and let's talk about the actual football on the field from this past weekend. And you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about it, but we'll start off with the NFC Championship game since that was the first one that took place this past weekend. Eagles 31, 49ers 7. And look, this game is sad to watch. That second half was awful. Just for any, if you're not an Eagles fan, there is no fun in watching the second half of that game. Oh, that that was brutal to watch that game. I I feel, along with millions of other people outside of Eagles fans, I I felt I, f- I feel robbed of that game. I feel like that game was supposed supposed to be so much better, and yeah, maybe I overrated the Niners, but you know, especially with Brock Purdy at quarterback and. He, he he hadn't played a single game on the the East Coast. <laughs> he had two road games, and they were both on the West Coast. He never. I played, didn't even realize he that never played on the East schedule. Coast until that game, and it was just happened to be in Philly in a hostile environment in a playoff game with the Super Bowl on the line, and so or Super Bowl appearance on the line, and so yeah. <laughs> but even so, like wow, thirty-one to seven, it's just it's just brutal, uh, brutal game to watch, and. Yeah, it started off with the first drive for the Eagles with, you know, Devontae Smith ca- catching or really not catching <laughs> yeah. that pass on fourth down. And you can certainly question whether they should have challenged that because, okay, if it were in the second half, like, yeah, you want to, you kind of want to save your timeouts or in, in challenges. But in the first half, like, if you lose a timeout, like, whatever. I, I think, I think they should have, I think Shanahan should have challenge that play especially since Devonte, after he caught the, the 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 pass he clearly signaled like hey i might have not caught that like let's run a play yeah I, th- I think that's like the biggest thing there because they got the snap off in 18 seconds it's right. not a whole lot of time to actually look back and review that play and i mean yeah maybe losing the timeout isn't as big of a deal in the first half but losing a challenge only having one challenge for the last what 55 minutes of game time that could have been a a big risk there so i don't totally it was fault on, and it was on fourth them. down so i mean just yeah no that was a huge momentum swing but we also as viewers we didn't know until they didn't show that later. replay of the drop <laughs> until, after until, the until the tu- after the touchdown right like they yeah. showed they showed one angle that's like okay his feet are in bounds but i can't see if mm-hmm. he caught the ball or not and yeah i remember texting other friends like like and you say maybe they he Devonte may have dropped that pass. Like I don't know, it happened so quickly I couldn't even tell. And then, uh-huh. and they show the the best replay. Like oh, he definitely dropped it. Like yeah, they he definitely did. That. But it was, it was way too late. And you know, Smith was very smart to hurry up to the line. And th- that to me is the only thing you can really criticize both. You know, just the NFL replay officials and you know Kyle Shanahan, whoever else was involved in that decision with the 49ers for you know not challenging it is just the, the player's reaction because there just wasn't a whole lot of time to to look at the replays and get a definitive like yes this was not a catch yeah so we the eagles 
They go off to a hot start like they usually do. And the Niners get the ball. I don't know if this is the first drive or second drive, but I think it was the second, second drive. I think it was the second hurt. too. The uh-huh. Purdy he drops back to pass. Hassan Reddick strips the ball, and, it, and Hassan Reddick was amazing in this game. Um, but what sucked was that on that play, Purdy gets hurt, and it's an elbow injury, and you, we find out, you know, a day later that it was a legit injury, torn UCL. Yeah, torn in UCL. Talks about Tawny yeah. John and possibly missing. Uh, portions of next be season all of yeah all of next season or all of next really season that bad. yeah yeah like there's I, the like hopefully he'll be back for training camp i've like, seen yeah is... i've seen optimism on hopefully he'll be back for training camp but then i've also seen like he might be out for a year like wow like that sucks yeah, and, right. mm-hmm. and so they lose him and once that happens like okay again even if purdy's stayed healthy the entire time i'm sure the eagles probably still would have won but like once that happens like this game is gonna be a waste of time and it was because josh johnson comes in and 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 he he just did not look ready whatsoever, and it's like okay, I know he's the fourth string quarterback, but you're really the second string quarterback because <laughs> Trey Lance is gone and Jimmy was gone, but you know there were talks of him coming back. It, you're really the he second wasn't guy. Ready to go, and yeah. so I don't know. I, I wish I know Josh Johnson was put in a bad situation, but at the same time. Like, dude, you've been in the league for so long. He's There's been on, he's been he's on 14 for teams and he's only thrown yeah. 13 touchdown passes. And a few of them are in, like, spring football leagues. Yeah. So. Just, I, I don't know. Yeah. I still I still think he should have, even though it was a bad situation, bad spot to be in, he did not look ready, ready whatsoever. He could barely throw a pass. I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. I think that's I'm, just I'm amazed how big of a drop-off it is when you go from, like, the – the starter. Well, I know I know Brock wasn't the starting quarterback, but he was for the second half of the season. Uh, I'm amazed how big of a drop off it is from the the top guy to the next guy, where the top guy is slinging it everywhere and knows what to do and knows all the plays, and then the backup looks like he's never played quarterback in his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Well, it's so hard. There's there are only so many guys like people on this planet who are capable of being a good nfl quarterback yeah. like so, even just like a, a mediocre like average can do something on a field and there's more positions than that out there and so so it was unfair of a spot but he was in but second half or not the second half uh the end of the first half two minutes left to go they have the ball and they're going down the field but then josh johnson fumbles the snap and in in Niners territory, in Niners territory, and then the Eagles get a score, and it's like it's, it's over. It's in the bag. It's, it's like this game's gonna be a waste of time. And yes, obviously Josh Johnson deserves blame for what happened, but I I also think Kyle Shanahan deserves blame too because you got to know the situation that like hey like it's a fourteen to seven game, and we're kind of lucky to be in this spot because the Eagles were struggling a little bit offensively in the first half, and. I think, like, hey, like, you know, let, let's get in, let's go into the half down a touchdown or a one score game. Make it, and, and to still be aggressive, constantly looking at his play sheet and not knowing the totality of the game and knowing who's that quarterback. Cause he, cause Josh Johnson's that quarterback, but he's, you know, he's lining up in shotgun and, you know, with pass formations and just, I think Shannon deserves some blame for his like he's one of the good head coaches. Yeah. I don't want to give him too much blame because he made it all the way to the NFC Championship game with a third string quarterback no, yeah, and then no forced to play a, four, a fourth quarterback. And so he's certainly a good coach and and is a great offensive mind. But I still question some in game decisions that he makes. 
Well, one of the major criticisms against Shanahan is that he can be too conservative at times. So that's just a weird time for him to decide to be aggressive at the end of the first half with, you know, the game still in reach and Josh Johnson playing quarterback. So like, I, I do agree with that idea that Shanahan deserves a lot of blame for putting Johnson in that situation. I think it, you go back to that wildcard game when the dolphins had like a third and 20 or something from like their own 10 yard line. And they're having Skylar Thompson try to throw a pass to the sticks instead of just doing something conservative and punting. And that was like a big momentum swing for Buffalo. And then in this game, it's, it's really what made this feel like the game is over. That was even before Johnson gets hurt himself in the second half. That too. Like, of he didn't hurt. he have a legitimate quarterback for the second half? And I was so. like, wow, Purdy's coming back in. Like, wow, he's really showing some toughness. And he did, but all he could do was literally just hand off the ball. And Yeah, he had like one pass that was like looking back on it really impressive that he did it with a, a torn UCL, but he, he couldn't throw the ball more no. than like five yards. It, it was just not not possible for them to to do anything revolving around having a quarterback in the second half i wish they did a little bit more reverses or or, or just some they, wildcat they formations Devo samuel had six rushes for negative nine yards I know. every that, time see, they tried I, doing see, it, say, it just got blown up i say that but then i think to myself like you know what they did try that a little bit and <laughs> they just could not do anything and so no and like part of the problem is they don't spend time practicing running out of the wildcat having christian mccaffrey be quarterback all this stuff he was dealing with injuries of his own so they they didn't really That's, have that- a that's a another way thing. to plan for something like that. That's another thing coming in this game that I should have mentioned last week. The Niners were definitely the unhealthier team coming into this game. Yeah. It feels like the Eagles yeah, outside of maybe just Jalen, of Jalen Hurts. Outside of maybe but... Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, I mean, he's not 100%, but he's he's definitely healthy enough to play. But you know, looking at the Niners, it's like, okay, like Elijah Mitchell couldn't even play at all in this game. And yep. then McCaffrey practiced on Friday, but he, he missed missed most of the practices throughout the week and then and you know, like obviously the quarterback situation is is dicey and then it got even worse uh in this game and then Fred Warner got banged up and then Nick Bosa yeah, got banged right. up and he wasn't even in the game on <laughs> like, the sideline on the sideline just, just standing like, there what is just, going on and it's like yeah. wow like so yeah the Niners were dealing with more injuries uh compared to the Eagles so that's another thing to mention uh coming in the game that I forgot to but yeah, just a just a brutal, brutal game. And again, once once Johnson fumbled the snap and and they and the Eagles scored, it was it was just over. Like even though the Eagles, <laughs> they didn't really look that impressive, but they scored thirty one points. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, well, part of it was also in the second half. All they had to do was not turn the ball over. Right. And I was only chance of scoring was like a kickoff return touchdown or a pick six. You know, something like they weren't scoring on offense. They couldn't move the ball. So as right. long as the Eagles just killed clock by running the ball that that was all they had to do and yeah it just made for some really difficult football to watch in the second half uh and look a week ago when we were talking about this game i said you know part of me can just see this game getting out of hand kind of being like that eagles vikings nfc championship game and part of me was as, as okay, upset as you know, I, I knew you were gonna, I was I knew you were gonna kinda, say this but like no 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 per- I said hey let me finish I'll say <laughs> I would have been prepared to do a minor victory lap because you immediately shot it down but it, it doesn't feel right okay. given this because the, the Niners offense they didn't stand a chance like this it wasn't a case of like oh they were just beating up on Brock Purdy if he goes out throws a ton of picks like all the stuff be like see like this this Eagles team I don't know like there's just something about him but no it, it's just not fair to look at this game that way because <laughs> San Francisco, once Johnson went down, it became clear that they could not throw the football. 
There, there was just nothing that yeah, once Purdy got hurt, this game from being a blowout. Once Purdy got hurt, it it was over. <laughs> like, and again, yeah, they I probably mean, still I guess would have lost. I needed to see Johnson. They, they play probably a still would have lost, yeah. but I, I felt like this is going to be a waste of time. And uh, I mean, I mean, I. I switched between that game, the game, and, and some movies. Like I, I just, I, I could not watch <laughs> yeah, that game from start to tough. finish. It was, uh-huh. it was just difficult to watch. Uh, I, yeah, I, I hate, mean, I thankfully hate games like it was, that. it was an early game, so <laughs> at least you know you kind of had well, to stick around a little. One thing to but. mention: so injuries played a part in this game, and I don't want to make it seem like that was the reason why they lost because they. The Niners probably still would have lost anyway, but I'd like to think it yeah. would have been more competitive. But I bring it up because, you know, the wild card games are great, but the divisional round games sucked, and this game sucked. And I, I, I think the NFL, yes, it's the best, but I, I kind of hate the 17 game schedule, one bye week, and only one team gets a bye. And that leads to more injuries, uh, a worse product. And I just think. I think the NFL really needs to look into. I mean, I mean, they won't, but like because they're all they greedy, care about is the money. Aspects. They 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 got to look in more into like another bye week or or, or a bye week before the playoffs or some just something to give these guys some rest, like outside of just one bye week. And well, then, the, and then if the you, NFL if, loves preaching player safety and not actually doing anything to really make the game safer, yeah, and so and yeah. This is what you get, kind of like with these these this the last round of, of games that we had. I, I know last year was complete opposite, so maybe my point isn't valid. But well, no, I I think that's a fair thing. That was something I was thinking about. You're not going to see a fourth string quarterback starting inserted into a game in week six. You're only going to see that late in the season, and it's way more likely to see it happen in a playoff game down the road because a team like San Francisco keeps having their quarterback get injured. And then that that's a game where you have to put in a guy that they literally signed off the street because yeah. they had no other options. I, I don't want to see Skylar Thompson and Josh Johnson in playoff games. <laughs> it's just it's, it's just not fun. It's not fun to watch at all. Another no. thing to mention, uh, for in terms of the Niners aspect, it, it, their quarterback situation is it just bad luck with these injuries, or does Shanahan deserve blame for that too? Because yeah. I mean that's that's a great question. Like it, it happens all the time. I know Jimmy team. G has made a glass, but. I mean, the fact that they've lost as many quarterbacks as they had, like, do they need to do a better job of protecting these guys? I I look, I look at the Lance one a little bit because that one was one, like, oh, maybe that one could have been avoidable, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just a destroyed ankle and a destroyed elbow. In some ways, they feel like a little fluky injury. I know, it's it not feels, like these guys it, are just going down with hamstring tears every week. It, so. it feels fluky, but when it happens this often, I have to think to myself, like, are they doing a good enough job of protecting these guys or not? I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's a it, it's a fair thing to wonder. And, and another thing, and, could, could Jimmy G have... Like there were there were reports of him like oh if, if they made the Super Bowl like he he might have been available to play and it's just okay well if that's the case like you couldn't have been available to play in this game they could have used him even though he was on he the sideline he, he was on the smile having the time of his life time. smiling every time they showed him like you couldn't be out there or, or dressed yeah. up like because they were screwed with uh with Josh Johnson out there and and then getting hurt as well and then Brock Purdy just a mannequin at that point with a bad elbow and so i don't know i i just Jimmy yeah G- i mean it's not quite jay cutler in the nfc it, championship oh game yeah 12 years ago <laughs> but it's uh 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a fair thing to wonder. And, like, the reports are already saying, Kyle Shannon says that he doesn't see a scenario in which Jimmy Garoppolo is back with the Niners next year. So That's a great flashback. I yeah. hated Jay Cutler so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess one thing I, I do want to talk about the Niners, though, in this game. Like, yes, the injuries are, like, the big story, but they... They had so many penalties in this game. Oh, they were... And specifically personal fouls. They're just like stupid calls. And it's like on top of them being in this horrible situation, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank you. Yeah, that... And one of the reasons why they probably still would have lost is because, yeah, like not... They committed a lot of penalties, but a lot of them were dumb. Like they weren't just like normal, like oh, holding or or whatever. There were multiple personal foul calls that just were yeah. So I counted four just in the second half when the game was already like kind of felt like they were out of reach, and they needed as much time and offense as they could get. So you get the roughing the kicker call, and that was one where it's like, yeah, well, it was technically that the one was a leg, little questionable. But, yeah, the way I get that, but also like you watch it, like I mean, I think that's totally fair to call that roughing the kicker. Just right. you know, looking at the replay and how that played out, um, you had a late hit out of bounds on Jalen Hurts as they were going toward you know the end zone for a touchdown. Which I, I think at that point that, that was one where it was that like, one was not stupid. a huge difference, but just a dumb penalty. That one was stupid, then, but it was yeah, like you said, it was not the it was, it was Dre the Greenlaw. I get you're trying to make a big play, but just him just like punching the football like that, and that it, was it's, there's a different between what peanut tillman was able to do with the peanut punch and then what some of these other guys do where they're just swinging like at this thing just such a huge risk of uh something going horribly wrong that's not a football becoming loose when i was watching this game in in the second half like i said i was watching movies as well and one of the movies i was watching i was watching rocky (laughs) i was watching the rocky movies and and so uh, you know you're watching rocky and he's in a fight of course and then I, i go back to this game and of course, it's in Philly, and they're referencing Rocky Balboa. And yeah, so is Green it just Law. a coincidence that you decided just, to watch Rocky? It was just a huge coincidence. No, like Rocky was yeah. on. Like the Rocky movies okay. were on that day. Probably like, during because that game. the Eagles were playing. I don't. I don't time. know. <laughs> but like, I think it was just a huge coincidence. I didn't. Cl- I didn't. Yeah. It was on TV, and I and I decided to watch. It was like three and four that were it's on like at the subliminal time. messaging. Yeah, like, like so earlier I, in the game, you're like, man. So I, I really changed the channel back to the game, and and then you hear the announcers like, "Oh, look at Greenlaw with his Rocky Balboa impression." Wow, like what a great <laughs> coincidence this is. But yeah, that was stupid. Uh, and, you know the the best play of the game for the Niners, in my opinion, was was Trent Williams with yes. the takedown. Oh, that was great. I, honestly, I can't even hate him for that no, because I can't the refs are just blowing their whistles in a. What Kayvon Wallace's face is he? He just will not let go of Debo Samuel's face mask. Right. If if Trent Williams doesn't do that, I do, I think he's still grabbing his face mask right now. Like they're just holding up the game. I don't blame Trent Williams. There's four minutes left. His season is over. Yeah. He's done playing in that stupid uh, game. Yeah, so. I I, lo- I love that. That was the best play of the game for the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, yeah, that there there was a lot of frustration that boiled over in this one, and uh, so I was like kind of thinking ahead. So if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, obviously they're going to be playing on opening night, and their schedule next year, like it's. I saw some stats saying that they had the hardest schedule in the league, <laughs> like but I don't know. They, that they have a ton of. This year was terrible, but I, I was looking at it. I was like, do they really have a ton of marquee games? And I'm like, outside of their division, I think hosting San Francisco makes the most sense. So maybe a little bit of a rivalry was built up in this one. So that that could be a fun one. Who knows who's playing quarterback from the Niners, you know, what that team will look like. But that that was one of my initial thoughts is like, are we going to see this in week one to start off the year as after all that chaos happened at the end of this one? Yeah, it's it's a potential good rivalry. 
Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's certainly something that also played a role in this game is just like all those, those crazy, stupid penalties by the Niners. I mean, the, the, if that Devonte Smith catch, if that somehow gets overturned, who knows, who knows what, what kind of game we would have had. <laughs> like maybe we wouldn't have seen Brock Purdy get hurt. Maybe we wouldn't have seen huge, all yeah, these huge early momentum <laughs> shifts. So. All these uh, personal fouls on, on San Francisco over frustration really. But mm-hmm. I don't know, that game really just got a hand and it was, yeah, it's just really disappointing. I, I really thought this would be a much more entertaining game. Yeah, I agree. And I guess, so one last comment I have. So we had talked to our you know friend of the program, Benjamin Carlson, host of Affable Chat about coming on this episode to to revel in a 49ers victory if they pull it out. Obviously, that didn't happen. I don't think he was very interested in coming on to just talk about how horrible of a game this was. I don't even know if he watched the AFC Championship game, but he um he put out a a series of tweets after the game on um Monday morning of like the most painful 49ers losses of his lifetime and uh he he ranked this five out of six and i was like that kind of puts it into perspective like yeah this game kind of sucks but like the niners have come so close so many times and don't have a super bowl to show for it three of the last four years they made the nfc championship game and then one super bowl appearance and yeah that's the worst that one if i were if i had a guess i didn't see it but I I would yeah, guess like that that one was the most right painful now. one. The the one he versus... said the the worst was losing the Super Bowl to the Ravens, Ravens back in 2012. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he did. I don't this, know. Like that um, one was they were getting their ass kicked, but they almost won. But uh, I don't know. The, I think. Well, I think the, it, yeah. In my opinion, I, I thought that his t- top two were the two Super Bowls. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this kind of got me thinking about like most painful Steelers playoff losses and um. There were so six that also kind of came to mind for me. I think six is actually how many have been in his lifetime. They're all in the conference championship game at Super Bowl, which sucks. Like, he doesn't have any just like, oh, this team barely made the playoffs, lost in the wild card round. I have a few of those of the Steelers. It's like, oh, whatever. Like, last year's loss to the Chiefs, probably the easiest one because just making the playoffs is like, oh, that's a huge win of its own. But. In terms of like the Steelers, there, there have been so many painful ones for me all over the board. Like you have the Super Bowl loss to the Packers, two AFC Championship game losses to the Patriots, where they just kind of got blown out in both of those. The, games. the worst, so the, sad. the one, and then, the one at Heinz Field is much worse as a Steelers fan because oh, they were yeah, fifteen sure. and one. Fifteen and one, yeah. I mean, I, that was my first year as a Steelers fan, so like it was so long ago that's like hard to put it in the, perspective. The other, the compared other one to the was more recent one. The other one wasn't even competitive. Uh, Brady was no, it wasn't. I thought it was going to be. I I, I really liked the Steelers chances. Br- Brady that game, looked it just got absolutely destroyed. Brady looked bored in that game. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> like, it he was made it look so easy. Like this game was over by the first quarter, and just but uh-huh. the, the Heinz, the one at Heinz Field. Uh, were Super Bowl thirty nine appearances on the line like that one? The Steelers were favored, and yeah, at least I thought I think they were. I don't remember, it, but it doesn't matter. Like they, they were probably they were fifteen were, yeah, and one, like and they were two. at their own field uh, for a chance to go. It's to the also Super Bowl. easy to look back on it knowing they won the Super Bowl the year after and be like, eh, right, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so like there are those three, but then also. Like, the three that a lot of people probably point to, if not the Packers' Super Bowl loss, which even that one, we just won it two years earlier. Not as difficult to, you know, swallow that. You had the Tim Tebow, Denver, 
overtime game. That was awful. Yeah, that Blake was Blake Bortles, Jacksonville, and then the Browns in 2020. Like, all three of those sucked. And I'm like, I don't know how to rank those six. I can put them in any order. All I know is they're all terrible. And Do I need to go yeah. through my list? <laughs> I assume that the three Super Bowl losses. Yeah, like, like, I don't know which one is the worst. I mean, I mean, everyone would say eighteen and zero, but like, man, I hated that Eagles one so much. Because, like, because that's what I because the Giants, like, all right, like, I just res- I respect them, like, for you know how well coached they are and you know, how good of a D line they have, and Eli in, in the big moments really came through. And it's like, all right, like they have our number, I get it. Like, but man, that Eagles one is just like God. Like, breathe through five hundred passing yards and they still lost. Like, what, what, a, what a horrible showing by. The defense and Belichick for just his ego getting in the way with Malcolm Butler not playing. And I'm not telling you Mike, Malcolm Butler is some lockdown corner, but he would have absolutely made a difference in that game. There were so many missed tackles by the the backups. And Eric Rowe like, had literally no idea he was starting until like two minutes before he was out there. Like, oh, by the way, you're covering Alshon Jeffrey for the day. Like, oh, cool. Oh, great. And just, yeah. I mean, yeah, the Eagles, yeah, they were great that year, but just, God, like, just horrible, horrible defense, and so that one I just can't get over. And the stupid Philly, Philly thing. Oh my God, it was the greatest <laughs> play ever. We just saw it eight minutes ago. Brady catch the ball this time, and just, uh, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I get that. I mean, it's also the most recent of the three too. So maybe if the maybe if the eighteen and oh one happened more recently, maybe I would be more, more mad. About, I mean, obviously I'm mad. Was mad about that too. But I don't know. Just. That Philly one bothers me for it's, more for whatever reason. No, um, I, I do think recency bias is a thing that weighs on me because part of me wants to say that 2020 Browns loss was the worst. Just like the way it that happened. That was bad. Losing to them of all teams. Just like to come and like all the talks are like, oh, worst 11-0 team of all time and just completely justified in that game. But it's also like that Tebow game was embarrassing and that Blake Bortles game was embarrassing you know, just as much at the time. They just happened to happen a few years earlier. So, Yeah. The yeah, one I mean, versus the Jets uh, up for Patriots. Oh, in 2010. Yeah, the Bart Scott <laughs> can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was kind of funny, but just like, man. Oh, like we, like, that, I mean, that's probably like looking back, that's probably the worst one to say. Yeah, this Patriots team was 14 and 2. Tom Brady was, was MVP. An MVP. They lost their first playoff game to Mark Sanchez at home. Yeah. Like, and the Jets of all teams. Like that. And then, the and Jets then they, and then they lost the Steelers. Game since. The. Yeah, I know that helped. Honestly, the Steelers could have had a lot more Patriots games losses. There's that that was the one time the Patriots lost. Like some of the others, so like the Steelers losing to Jacksonville in 07. They, if they won, they would have just been the team that got blown out by the 16 and 0 Patriots. And then in um 2000 in 2015 when like everyone was hurt, you know, AB got clotheslined by Vontez Burfick. Oh, yeah. Bell got yeah. was injured earlier in the year. I think D'Angelo Williams was hurt. Big Ben got hurt in the wild card game. They all I mean, they could have very easily beat the Broncos. I think um Fitzgerald Toussaint or one of those other random running backs fumbled and Denver barely won that game. But that was one where it's like Steelers would have lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game and said the Broncos beat the Patriots. It was hard for me to look back on that one and be like really upset as well. Uh, that went over the Bengals was good enough for me that year. So, yeah, no, it's it's tough thinking back on these because like you know at least with you the Patriots have won a few Super Bowls. I know. Bowls, so, like, like I've, I've had more losses. <laughs> I've had more fortune. So yeah, it's it's oh, man. I was in eighth grade last time the Steelers won a Super Bowl, and I don't know when. At least you're not I'll a Bruins fan. See it again. 
Yeah, I know. I mean, they've had some really. I know. I know yeah, losses. they've had some really bad ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one thing to say. Yeah, the Penguins haven't made it to the first round in five years. They won two Stanley Cups right before that. So yeah, and and, and, and know, one same kind of thing. And, and one several several years ago as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I I did uh retweet that thread on the official He's Done It Pod Twitter account. You know, anyone who doesn't follow at He's Done It Pod and uh. With that, let's talk about the other game, the AFC Championship game. Chiefs 23, Bengals 20. And I will start off by saying that I recognize this game is controversial. There are some things with the officials that are actual gripes for a lot of people, whether you're a Bengals fan or just a neutral fan who wants to see a clean AFC Championship game. And all I'm going to say is, I could not care less. I think this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, the I Bengals of all that. teams got screwed. Nothing from me. You're not going to hear anything like, "Oh man, like I'm this NFL is rigged. Like they need to do better with officiating all that stuff." And I get it. It could easily happen to the Steelers, but it didn't. It happened to the Bengals, and I'm just so happy that they lost this game. Yeah, so the the refs in both games, but especially this one, the refs sucked <laughs> all day. Um, and yeah. Yes. They certainly made some. <laughs> questionable calls in this game and they certainly favored kansas city but i still think kansas city More out- no calls but yeah, yeah but i still think kansas city played better and deserved to win and that last one uh that like that like that was a dessert like, i hate that the game ended like that but at the same time mahomes was like what like two feet out of bounds like what like what, what is, are they gonna just like not you call have it? to throw that like you he's, have he's a, to call it he's a star he's the star quarterback he's playing hurt and he's clearly out of bounds and it sucks because you don't want to see a game like end like that and you know osai was playing well in this game he had a good game and then yeah, just he made did. the biggest bonehead mistake of the game though that cost them the game and you know gave you gave but bucker a much better chance of making a field goal and yeah. Who knows if they kick a field goal from fifty whatever? From, just given that it was yeah, it could have been a sixty-yard field goal. I know. I mean, that, well, that was a concern in this one, and you know, we can kind of talk about how the game played out. But I will right. say, I feel more empathy for Joseph Asai than I did for Vontez Burfix or Pac-Man Jones. Oh, and, like, I mean, what how they could you, did how could 20, you like you know, that Walker yeah. game? Regardless of who they're playing, just like this wasn't a case of him clotheslining Antonio Brown and or trying to fight an assistant coach. This is just him trying to make a football play and, you know, losing an idea of where he was on the field. Yeah. It's just so, yeah. yeah, so there was a heartbreaking so. way to lose, but the Bengals did make mistakes in this game. You know, Joe Burrow, he had that really bad interception in the first half. Their O line yep. still sucks. It's so bad yeah, still. Oh, I know. And it's like how did you, the Bills you, not get any pressure see, on him? See, even though I was uh, I I, pe- I picked the Bengals. I don't regret it, but I know deep down coming into this game, I didn't want to get too hyped up on the Bengals because of like because yes they played well but Buffalo was so bad it made Cincinnati look lethal and especially their O line like their O line for whatever reason just dominated the Bills front front four and then it came back down <laughs> yeah. to earth in this game. <laughs> uh, I know it's it's amazing. It's like so the Chiefs have Chris Jones. Chris Jones is Chris one Jones of the best amazing. interior defensive yeah. linemen in the NFL, but their defense kind of sucks around him. Yeah, like every it, time it, Joe Burrow actually had a clean pocket, it's like all right, this is going to be a completion right now because the Chiefs' corners suck. And you know they did make a couple of big plays. Like there were some bad throws on Burrow's part. It did take him a while to get going, just like in last year's AFC Championship game. And part of me is like, all right, he'll figure it out in the second half, but. 
they only had so many moments where they did that. I mean, part of the reason why they were able to make it this close is because of a fluky Patrick Mahomes losing the ball, yeah. just slipping out of his hands and giving the Bengals good field position. Yeah, it was definitely a compelling game, especially compared to the first one, because the both quarterbacks, both Burrow and Mahomes, they both made back-breaking mistakes that helped the other team get points on the board, but they also showed a lot of mental uh, toughness and bounce back from yep. especially Mahomes because yeah, oh, like yeah. that that play where he he threw it and it he didn't even have Just the ball <laughs> like that was out of his hand. not yeah. a not a typical Mahomes play whatsoever and not at all uh, but you know luckily for for them they you know he was able to bounce back from that play um, no, it's amazing he'll do something like that like you see it with him all the time where he'll do something stupid and then he'll make a throw you're like how did he do that yeah, like that, that, that touchdown to um what was it, MVS? scantling yeah that just like i'm watching him like is that intercepted did, did he didn't actually catch that did he yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like he has the ball he's celebrating touchdowns like how did that happen yeah it, it's, it's just it's so unfair insane. but he is so fun to watch and yeah and and, and yeah the, and the the ankle injury is definitely affecting him still, but is, he definitely shows a lot hard, of toughness. Like, there were a lot of times where you just completely forgot he was injured in that right. game. Like there were moments where it's like, okay, you can see him limping, but just like the things that he was still able to do at less than a hundred percent, it's remarkable. Yeah, so Mahomes was definitely great in this game, and yes, that that play where he you know lost the ball, didn't even have it, was was tough on him, but. You know, both these quarterbacks definitely showed uh, mental toughness in this game, but especially Mahomes, because uh, you know he'll make a play like you said, where he'll lose the ball, <laughs> uh, you know, over a throw like that, but then he'll make a throw like the one he had to MVS, where through the numbers and he's just an incredible talent to watch. Yeah, and I I think that he's someone who I find it very easy to root for, and I think that a lot of people around me, at least from my perspective more so appreciate Joe Burrow and like he's someone who has like I, I I get it um it's tough for me to really try to root for him as quarterback of the Bengals uh but he's someone who he also does some great things he made some incredible throws in this one he also had some not great ones like you mentioned an interception yeah, that, earlier that first, like Mahomes that first definitely interception was him. yeah the first interception was not great and then you know the second one you know, people say it's a long pun, and I'll admit I kind of do too. But yeah, more at the or less. same time, at the same time, it's you know that give that gives Kansas City the ball back, and and I mean it didn't cost them, but but <laughs> that drive though <laughs> had the most controversial controversial uh, call of the game, or potentially it could have been it could have been much worse. Luckily, Kansas City just punted later in the drive. With the, the third and nine, yeah. they gave him an extra play on third and nine, and like I know the ref was, the ref was like, you know, waving his hands like, "Hey, like let's stop play here." But he's so far away from the play that no one even realized no, that the arrowhead is way too loud. Like no one knows what's going on. It, it's just a dangerous play. That to me, that is really the extent of it is the fact that they let this happen, and it didn't seem like anybody knew. Like literally, no players. Everyone is reacting like this is live, and it, it looks really bad in real time as you're going through. Like, wait, what's going on? Why do they have a third down again? You just let them run an entire play here. It, it was a big it, NFL rigs scenario, but I think in the end, it was just incompetency by NFL officials. Oh, complete really incompetency by the refs. I. I was shell shocked when when I'm like, are they running another play uh-huh. here? Yeah, right. Like, are they, are they going for it? Romo uh-huh. didn't even know. Like, yeah, oh, they're gonna go they're for gonna like go for a fourth down. Why? What? 
That, what yeah, you, what just, are they, why are they going for a four down? And then, yeah, of like course, their own territory. A, there's a defensive holding call on Eli Apple. And the yeah. Chiefs Did you like down. that call? Uh, I, I don't remember. I don't remember if it was that call. Uh, you can correct the, me if I'm the wrong. The Mike Hilton pass interference was much worse. Like that I, I, was that was it. Yeah, that, that was, was the one. Yeah, like, I, I think the holding was just. Yeah, it was just a holding. Eli Apple sucks, and uh, you know, it didn't mean anything because the, they punted anyway. But right, but there was a pi on that drive where I was like, I hated that call. Yeah, no, I think the Mike Hilton one was on the the game winning drive late. In okay, the game. yeah. Okay. So I mean, uh, yeah, the block in the back that wasn't called is probably the most egregious. I know a lot of people want to point to like a holding on the third and four Mahomes scramble. I I yeah, didn't think it was any more obvious than any other hold, holding. Holding call happened. Called. I didn't like it, but holding happens a lot. Every play, and, it seems like there's some kind of and holding. Then, you know, you're talking about the block in the back. Like, that was the Sky Moore return, yeah. right? Yeah, it set him up at yeah, so, midfield. So, okay, yeah, you can blame the refs for missing that, but I also blame Zach Taylor for, you know, last year we saw, you know, uh, McDer- uh, yeah, McDermott, uh, you know, they, they, they decided to kick it out of bounds, <laughs> like the Bills, uh, and they should have oh, squib yeah. kicked it. Yeah. But in this game, we saw... He should have kicked it out of bounds, but he kicked it right to Sky Moore. Yeah, and, and then it was horrible punt coverage, regardless of the you know potential block in the back by the Bengals. And it's just, I think that's just bad coaching. And like, mm-hmm. he should have told the punter to kick it out of bounds, and be, but because they kicked it to Sky Moore, that gave him an extra twenty whatever yards, and that gave him enough time to get into field goal range. I know the penalty is the biggest thing, but that also could have been avoided if. They punted it out of bounds. Yeah, right. If they're further back on the field, then it's not as big of a deal. But yeah, I mean, it, when you look at this game, like it just tossed aside any type of officiating complaints. The last two drives, Joe Burrow, he made a big, big time third and 17 completion to Hayden Hurst, but ultimately he had a chance to go on a game winning drive for a field goal. Could not do it. Patrick Mahomes didn't have to go as far as Burrow would have, but. He ended up making a huge play with his legs on third and four, injury and all. And yeah, obviously the the hit by Osai out of bounds basically made it so he didn't have to do anything else. They could just I, send out Bucker. I, I hate I don't want to see a game end like that, but at the same time, they they can't just not throw a flag. Yeah. So I think just, um, it's just so it's just so it, it it's hard to wrap my head around like how that how that game ended, but yeah, I mean, we've talked about flag, a lot of but... questionable things between, like, coaching decisions, players on the field, officials, and Bill Barnwell for ESPN had a whole article about these two games and, like, every moment that's like, what are you doing here? And uh, when he talked about this moment, he basically said the same thing. There's a difference between saying that you don't want a game to be decided by a penalty and saying that a game shouldn't be decided by a penalty because... You have to throw a flag in that situation. It's one of those things you can say, okay, Osai wasn't just like, you know, being a dummy and, you know, like, oh, I got to go hit Mahomes, like injure him out of bounds. Like this was just a case of him trying to make a football play and playing, you know, an extra second too long. So you can still feel for him, but also recognize that, yeah, you got to throw a flag in this situation and it's set up the game winning field goal. Yeah. So look, I, I think the Chiefs deserve to win this game and, and, Look, the Bengals made more mistakes than Kansas City, but at the same time, yeah, like it does. The refs were were just were horrible, and it they definitely favored Kansas City. And another another penalty I forgot to mention that intentional grounding. 
I when, so when, yeah, that's one that a like lot of people talk was about. in the area. <laughs> I so I have always been of the belief that intentional grounding should be called more than it does. I think that there's a lot of leeway when it comes to in the area, and that was a case where he he spiked it basically in front of the offensive line. And I get P Ryan is maybe seven yards in that direction, and maybe you could say in the area. I think regardless of who's playing, regardless of the quarterback, regardless of the situation, that's something that I would like to be intentional grounding so i was okay yeah, that, with that that's call. one where i that's that's one where i guess we're to disagree i i don't think a flag should not have been uh thrown on that play yeah I, well maybe I, I do know what you mean though but i think p ryan was definitely a lot close of it enough. is it feels like brady for the last several years gets away with a lot of those where it's like okay how are you how is that not grounding because the guy's like 10 yards slightly in the area there where like maybe that's just a Brady bias for me but that's something that I've always (laughs) I've always been like I think that the NFL should be you know flagging intentional grounding more often than they do and that guys can get away with you know just chucking the ball to no one and saying that it's close enough to a receiver yeah so there are multiple questionable calls but I'm I mean, yeah, the NFL, they do want Kansas City and the star quarterback Mahomes in the Super Bowl, but I don't know. Like, the, the, it's not like Cincinnati I still think Kansas City. I still think Kansas City deserved to win the game, and that the worst call of all was the or, – or like the, the re- repeating third and nine, but luckily, again, they punted on that Yeah, play. that one was like so, the least so significant. I, I would be complaining about it a lot more if, if, if that was the reason they lost, and <laughs> yeah. I think other people would be too, but it's just – I don't know. Like, I yeah, still I think mean that, Kansas City would have won. That's definitely the most overhyped play because it ended up being fairly inconsequential in the end. Like you exactly. maybe say, "Oh, too yeah. much time bled off the clock," but even if that Osai hit happens with a minute left, Kansas City just doing like you know running plays or kneel downs to get you know whatever. It's not like that would have been a, a significant point um, in the game with the the game script there. So, yeah. Um, so Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl taking on the Eagles uh, Bengals they're going to go in the offseason with some questions they have a few key free agents uh, Jesse Bates probably gone they drafted Dax Hill of safety in the first round they franchise tag Bates this year uh, Jermaine Pratt also probably gone he's a linebacker for the Bengals he uh, don't touch the quarterback cool... yeah right like if he, he, he apologized <laughs> that he felt bad about that but it, it seems like he's someone who's going to be gone uh, so it'll be a, a really um, big question of what Cincinnati does. Obviously, they're going to try to pay Joe Burrow, but this is a historically cheap organization. They, their uh, owner. I, I mean, I John, don't think they'll cheap out on their like. Their, I don't their think franchise they will. Piece. Yeah, I don't think they will as well. <laughs> but uh, it is a question of what they do. Other than that, because I think he's like the the second least liquid owner in the NFL. I think only ahead of Mark Davis. So. Uh, th- that's constantly surprising. been a thing where like the Bengals won't do anything in free agency. They won't spend money. So it'll be some questions there. Um, and then I guess just some other things in terms of post game. So a lot of interviews, a lot of stuff happened on the field. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was being interviewed. Travis Kelsey jumps in and yeah, calls out the Bengals and looked at, the Bengals were talking so much during the week. I think a lot of people yeah, were like, that- sick of them and they deserved everything the- they got. So I'm 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 kind of both on both sides where like yeah the Bengals they talk so much trash where like oh like we're going into Burrowhead and 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 you saw Eli Apple who's a clown I can't stand <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eli but... Apple like doing the like the 
Cancun, Cancun on, on three. three with the Demar Hamlin, yeah, heart. Yeah, signal. the Demar Hamlin thing. Like it was kind of funny, but because it was him of all people, it's like, yeah, oh, that he's gonna get clowned more than most would. He's gonna get clowned more than anyone, and so. And then the Cincinnati yeah, so like, mayor. So so yeah, Cincinnati like they they gave all this bulletin board material to Kansas City that like you just know that like I'll just use Belichick as an example, just being the Patriots fan, but like you just know someone like a coach like him would just hate that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm sure and mm-hmm. most coaches would, but yeah. I don't know. Like the, the, the Bengals were talking a lot of trash before that game. Yeah. And, and, I mean, the Chiefs Chiefs fan, players were very much aware. You know, Travis Kelsey but, called the Cincinnati but with, mayor But with that being said, though, like, I can't stand Travis Kelsey. He's the, he's just the <laughs> biggest tool. I, I, I've, I've always not liked I know he's a yeah. Hall of Fame tight end, and he's great to watch, but it's just, I, like, oh, you jabroni, shut up! Like know your spot, know your place. Like, ugh, like I, I don't know. Just I, I think just that was a douche, fair. douche chills hearing him at the end of that game. <laughs> I so I, I love Mahomes, but like Kelsey, I've I've never been a fan. I of think him. a lot of the the Kelsey thing comes down to just like the whole Gronk versus Kelsey debate. See, that's what every time Travis Kelsey does something douchey, I always have to tell myself, you know what, Gronk is probably he's just kind of the same <laughs> thing. Like, like I know he's like that douchey frat uh-huh. kind of guy, and like. They're kind of the sim, the very similar guys. Like I always have to tell myself that anytime Travis Kelsey does something that triggers me. But yeah, no, I mean I it's, it's I I understand that. I mean I I don't necessarily love Travis Kelsey. I think he's an awesome football player. But yeah, there are some times where he says and does things that I'm like, eh, I don't love this. Um, and then also Chris Jones. So he said. Don't ever, ever, ever disrespect Arrowhead in terms of you know Bengals saying Burrowhead. Did right, you see and the then Chiefs you said graphic? we'll see a Burrowhead. <laughs> yeah, well, did you see the Chiefs graphic that they posted about that quote? Oh no, they, I, I might. They post. I was like, I know you're gonna love this. It's, they posted the quote, and then in parentheses before Arrowhead, Gay Hoff Field at Arrowhead to make sure that they had the full name of the sponsor. Wow. <laughs> that, <laughs> that everyone was clowning them over that because it's like i kind of understand why they did that they have to put the full sponsor you know the full name of the field but like he didn't say that and everyone mm-hmm. made it made it quick to point that out and I, I remember you saying at one point that you wouldn't call it anything other than arrowhead i didn't even know that they had that sponsorship name until i know i hate i hate it out all <laughs> these fields that have different names now like your team like yeah Akersher you know Akersher Stadium. Stadium. screw yeah. that i'm always calling it heinz field <laughs> I'm never uh, gonna call it Ackershire Stadium. Yeah, it's it's tough. I try to do it, but Hinesfield was such a fantastic name for a stadium, and Ackershire is. is just not. <laughs> no, it's so boring. I don't even know where where is that lo- that's located. Is it like a Midwestern? It's not even Pittsburgh based. Company or it's not even Pittsburgh based. I think. Oh, it's that's, that's even worse. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> At least Heinz, I mean, Heinz is Pittsburgh too. It just makes it perfect. And they had a player named Heinz. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Awesome being Heinz Field, and you know, it's sad that it's it's not anymore. And uh, yeah, it's definitely something we're seeing with a lot of stadiums these days, with too many sponsorships involved. So, uh, yeah, I guess with that, we can kind of move forward to the Super Bowl. So, Eagles Chiefs, you're calling it the Andy Reid Bowl, the Kelsey Bowl. A uh, lot of narratives, a oh, lot of storylines uh, of this one. Uh, so, like the Andy Reid narrative, I like it. Ma- it totally makes sense. Like he was the coach for the Eagles for all this time. He brought he brought even though yes, Andy Reid, you know, eventually flamed out, but like he brought freaking McNabb and they were. I think awesome. he, he brought the Eagles to like yeah. all these champ NFC Championship games and even one Super Bowl. Yeah, it's one like, in yeah, four in the NFC Championship game. 
you can certainly question some in-game decisions that Andy Reid, but his clock management skills and everything. His clock management yeah. skills, but he, great offensive mind. He brought freaking yeah. McNabb. I, 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 I didn't like Donovan McNabb. Just, <laughs> no, he it, brought him to all these NFC Championship games. Uh, no, and I know Eagles fans definitely. I, I think because they won the Super Bowl, they can look back fondly on Andy Reid's tenure, knowing right. that you know they were relevant. They were really good for a long time, but yeah. they they could just never get over the hump. But you know, Doug right. Peterson comes in and actually wins right. them a Super Bowl. So, um, so like that narrative I get, but yeah. oh, man, the Kelsey one is going to drive me insane. You just know, <laughs> like they're going to have the family reunion. They're going to interview both of them together. Yeah, like, their their parents probably already have split jerseys. Yeah, they do. His, his mom, like their mom, has been shocker. documented. Yeah, with them. <laughs> like I, uh-huh. like that's already a thing, and so. Yeah, like that that narrative will kind of drive me insane a little bit. You just know that like, they're going to talk about it all the time. Like they yeah. were talking about before it even. Oh, like, I know. The it was trending Bengals on Twitter before the game happened. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that uh, I saw some people saying like, "Oh, the NFL wants Chiefs Eagles because of you know the Kelsey Bowl drive ratings." Who's what random person going to watch this game because a center and a tight end? an offensive lineman. Now I like Jason. I like him. Yeah, he's way a very more than Travis Kelsey. He's a very he's good definitely. player. Yeah. Oh, I remember that Super Bowl. Like I'm sure it was tough for you, but like he was having a time of his life. So yeah, like, it was tough. But like you know, looking at their the celebration, like like what he like the way he was dressed up. Yep. Like, yeah, it was kind of amusing. Like but uh-huh. even though it was obviously not as fun for me than others, but yeah. But like, I like I like Jason Kelsey. He, he's he's definitely. I don't know. I, I definitely like him a lot. But. Yeah, it's almost a surety Leah's last game. There are rumors about him retiring last year. Um, Eagles drafted a center in the second round. So Yeah, and when they – he was – I don't know if you know this, but when they were on the clock and they picked uh, Cam Jurgens, the, the center, Yeah, uh, he was being interviewed like on TV, and when they announced the pick, the guy like interviewing Jason Kelsey, he was like, oh, well, this is awkward. Like They, they drafted a center. <laughs> but then – Jason Kelsey went on this thing where like how much he likes him and he actually recommended the Eagles to take him. It's like, wow. Okay. Like that's awesome. Um, nice. Yeah. And I, I liked, I liked when, uh, remember when Ben Simmons like had all these free throw issues, like Jason Kelsey was asked about like that kind of stuff. And he went on this whole thing about like, you know, if, 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 if you play hard and you work on that stuff, like the fans will love you. And, and, you know, Ben Simmons, you know, the fraud he is never, never embraced the, the city and was never worked on a shot and i don't know like the, if you watch that interview it, it's a good one um gotcha and so yeah. I, i've 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 even though i hate the eagles or like hate that super bowl i don't know like i think jason kelsey's definitely definitely great yeah i mean i've i've always been a jason kelsey fan you know i i in general i'd say i like travis kelsey more than i dislike him mostly just from the football aspect and you know whatever as a personality but yeah i mean they're they're, that's definitely going to be a storyline here i think another big narrative that you know is is going to be talked about is the fact this is the first time you ever have two black quarterbacks facing each other in a super bowl jalen hurts versus patrick Mahomes, which like i hadn't really thought about but it, it makes sense that it hasn't happened before so uh, that that's certainly going to be a big story, and it's also relatively significant that the game is being played in Arizona because in 1991 Arizona lost the rights to the Super Bowl because as a state they refused to recognize Martin Luther King Jr. Day as a public holiday. So, you know, now these two are playing each other in that state. Um, you know, what I another thing I like. Yeah, the whoever wins is going to have more wins in that stadium than the Arizona Cardinals because the Eagles 
one at Arizona and Kansas City week one. Oh, one so like at in twenty twenty two. And, and, and Arizona, the Cardinals team, they <laughs> Can't only won one home. game yeah. at home. And so whoever wins the Super Bowl is gonna have yes. more wins at that stadium <laughs> this season than the than the Arizona Cardinals yeah, did being all year. A Cardinals fan is already so tough. I can't imagine being like a Cardinals fan of season tickets who's seen one win at home in their last, what, like 15 games because they ended last year on a huge home losing streak too. Yeah, so they, that's, I, I love Larry Fitzgerald. It, it sucks that he, he had to be on that team just cause like that, that franchise is so bad, but yeah. know, he single-handedly <laughs> almost won them a Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, I've always, did. I was always a big fan of Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, de- you know, definitely a lot of, narratives and storylines they'll be talked about going in um you know these are so when you look at these two teams the eagles are pretty much in every category better than the chiefs except oh, I th- quarterback I think the and eagles, like that's what i was just about to say the eagles i think they're a, a more complete team they're better at the line of scrimmage both offensively and defensively and i think their defense is much better uh, I yeah better second. It's really just like when I look at when you do back. like the, when you do like who has the advantage on like what positions like yeah for for Chiefs it's the quarterback, uh, the tight end and the coach. But True, like and quarterback coach. and coach like those are like the two biggest. Those, things I, I know. I mean, those are the. It's like when you just look at the rosters. If you were to compare like every guy against the equivalent, you'd be like, oh, the Eagles are like easily the better team in this. But quarterback and coach are the two most important things so yeah (laughs) and it also just like goes to show like how silly the mvp debate is between these two guys mahomes is doing this with not a superstar team around him hurts is doing it with a superstar team like hurts deserves a ton of credit but like yeah i like hurts a lot and i i think he's had an awesome year but yeah i i do agree mahomes deserves to be mvp yeah and i think he's almost another thing to mention about the uh the game versus Cincinnati, like Mahomes was playing her, but he also lost <laughs> Juju. He lost oh, yeah, Tony, uh, and he uh, and who, who was Hardman, another right? Hardman. That's yeah. it. Yeah, he lost three receivers in that game, and he's hurt himself, and they still won. And so uh-huh. that's just another thing to add about how great Mahomes was in this game. Yeah, no, I, I think that it's just incredible. Like throwing passes for big completions to guys I'd never even heard of because they're special teamers on the Chiefs. So hopefully that's what least... makes Mahomes great. He elevates mm-hmm. the players around him. Yeah. Um, well, the big story coming into this year with the Chiefs was what would their offense look like without Tyree Kill? And I think it's pretty clear that, okay, maybe they lost some explosiveness without Hill. They, they didn't have the big play this year, but you know, Mahomes is still able to spread the ball around. More guys got involved. They became way more dangerous. I think in this game he had like eight, different receivers have a completion like it's just just incredible uh you know how how well the you know the chiefs offense has still looked this year in spite of losing arguably the best wide receiver in the nfl see even though they're wide receivers they have a lot of depth but they're really not that great but they do have kelsey who you do need to look out for yeah i mean he's the biggest because he's a tight end but Uh still like it's still great. It's still yeah, I mean the help. Chiefs probably have more options than the Eagles, but they don't have guys. But that they're not to AJ Brown. Yeah, like the Eagles' stuff. receivers are be- like they don't. Their depth is not as great, but like AJ Brown, and Devontae are like easily the two best receivers, like yeah. wide receivers in this matchup. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and so the Eagles, I I really think they're the way more complete team, but the the Chiefs definitely have the advantage at quarterback and at head coach, and then tight. I mean Goddard's good, but like. Obviously, I'd rather have Kelsey, uh, but but the Eagles like they 
I don't know, Sirianni, he's the players definitely respond to him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember that game versus the Giants where he's like, I know what I'm doing. And so <laughs> yeah. there are things I like about Sirianni, but there are also things where I'm like, man, this guy is also kind of, I don't know. Like, I could see why people don't like him. Yeah, so too. he was the Chiefs wide receivers coach before Andy Reid came in, and he cleaned mm-hmm. house. So you also have that head coach narrative that is not going to be talked about nearly as much as Andy Reid, but still, oh, still relevant. Double, double revenge narrative then. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess as a you know Patriots fan, Tom Brady fan, is this like difficult for you to choose who you want to win because so you don't is, want either of them to win? Yeah, it, it's a little bit. It definitely is uh, hard as a Patriots fan for, for both these teams to make it because, okay, like on the Eagles, you know, you know, my thing was Super Bowl 52, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I like the players that they have, like Devontae, AJ Brown, even, and I like Hertz. Um, but and yeah, for the Chiefs, I, I don't, you know, pe- people don't like Mahomes, like, like Patriots fans wise, like they don't want to see like another guy overthrow, take the throne from Tom Brady as like the, the greatest of all time. And, like I mean, even if he wins this game, like, he still has five more Super Bowls to to go to yeah. catch Brady. And yeah, he's a long way to go. He's he's so fun to watch. He he's definitely, I mean he he's got it. Like he's definitely the guy for for this generation. And and he's a likable guy too. Like and he's so he's a likable guy and fun to watch. And I remember last year I talked about how much I don't like. Uh, like his, his brother his Jackson and his brother. Mahomes and his, yeah. his and his and his wife are like how annoying they are and that and that, that makes me, that makes me respect Mahomes even yeah I mean Patrick Mahomes even more like he can do all this and have the family that he has like wow like <laughs> like the, those are the only <laughs> negative things like that people can say about him is they don't like his family. I know like the, the only negative things I could say about him are like not even something about him like uh, <laughs> personally like it's something about his family <laughs> just uh, so. I like Mahomes compared to most Patriots fans. I think yeah. most Patriots fans don't because they're, you know, are most of the them comparisons not like, and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I like understand with Brady aspect, and yeah. yeah. So, so like I get it, but I don't know. Just I, I like I like Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, I don't he mind he, it as much. In terms of like players who either aren't on the Steelers or used to play for the Steelers, he might be my favorite player in the league. I just think he's so much fun to watch and like he's a guy who I've found myself rooting for on so many occasions over the years just because well the Steelers aren't relevant, but a lot of their rivals are and the Chiefs have to be the ones who try to take him down. So I've become a big Mahomes fan over the years. So I I I I'm less like in terms of uh you know my rooting interest like I don't necessarily care about either of these teams. I just want winning. a good game. I would love a great <laughs> like, game. Yeah. The divisional round was brutal and th- this this past weekend you had the, one the, terrible the, game. The, the Bengals awesome Chiefs game. game was good, but it yeah. was sloppy at times, but the, uh-huh. I I I'm, my biggest rooting interest I want it to be a good game. I want it to come down to the very <laughs> very end. Yeah, that would be yeah. awesome. I, I'd say I'm probably leaning toward the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes, because of Juju Smith-Schuster, but I have more friends who are Eagles fans. So and like, there's none that I'm like, oh, I hate this person. I don't want to see them win a Super Bowl. <laughs> but also, like, I don't know. I'm gonna. I, their, so their fans are. Their fans are in general. Hard. Their fans. Yeah. Their, their fans. Fan, like their general. Their fan base is ruthless. They're, yeah. They're, they are. Oh, them uh, attacking uh, Joey Bosa. <laughs> Did you see that video? Oh, I saw Joey Bosa is. <laughs> He's kind of a baby, though. I'm not a Joey Bosa fan. <laughs> no, like his brother is. I, I mean, he has. He, he's also had an history history of uh, mm-hmm. questionable things, but yeah. I don't know. Like I, 
he's definitely less whiny than his brother. Joey Bosa is such a baby. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, and and, and the, just... clearly the Eagles fans got to him. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's it's it's amazing what uh you know that that fan base can do, and I'm pretty sure that Arizona has a pretty big population of like Philadelphia imports. So the Eagles when the fans Eagles and there. when the Eagles and Cardinals played, oh, it was a home game for Philly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a, a lot of. I'm Eagles sure that'll fans be the there. case in this game. I'm sure there'll be way more Eagles fans. I'm not, we're not way yeah, more. Chiefs, like, fans, Chiefs fans are good. Yeah, Chiefs I, fans are. It's not like the Rams or anything. Yeah, Chiefs right, fans are good. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, Philly really travels well though, so that's why yeah. I think there'll be more Philly fans. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we'll we'll see how it plays out. And obviously, you have a ton of just neutral fans who just have Super Bowl tickets just for the fun of it. But uh, it should yeah, be so a like, really so, good Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm. It's kind of hard for me, like, who do I root for? Like, yeah, because, like, the Super Bowl 52 thing with the Eagles and their fans, and but I like their players. And then when it comes to the Chiefs, it's – I like Mahomes more than the average Patriots fan, but I hate Travis Kelsey, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and um and they kind of bug me a little bit, like the Chiefs in general, but not Mahomes. I don't know. So, like, yeah, like, it's kind of hard to, like, root straight up for one team. Like, oh, I hate this team that much more than the other team. Like – I mean, I'm I'm leaning towards Kansas City in terms of yeah, interest, that's, that's what I figured. I really, yeah, I, I really just want a good game. That's really, no, that's yeah, really what I want. I I totally agree with that. I think in the end, I'm gonna find myself rooting for Kansas City, but it's not gonna be like hooting and hollering every big play and you know being upset when the Eagles do anything. I think it's just gonna be having a good time and uh, you know hoping to to have a fun, enjoyable, competitive game. So, mm-hmm. I guess if you had to lean one way or the other in terms of prediction. I don't know because, like I just mentioned, the Eagles are are so so much more of a complete team. But again, the 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 Chiefs have the advantage at quarterback and coach, and like that's really the biggest thing in in big games like this. And another thing that worries me about the Eagles is they they've had the the biggest cakewalk of a schedule all oh, year. Oh, getting and, to the NFC Championship. The last games. month they've they've played Andy Dalton, Davis Webb. <laughs> A bye week, Daniel Jones, and then the corpse of of uh, Josh Johnson and Brock Purdy for like one or two drives. Yeah. Or, well, until he came back in the second half, because which he was basically the just... corpse of Brock Purdy at that point, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so just yeah, like they, they, I, I, I really believe that you can be a great team, but also have an easy schedule, and I really mm-hmm. believe that with Philly. And that's, yeah, no, that I, I've always felt bit. that way. Yeah, I think. You know, it's one of those things where I don't know if it's just that I'm like, I'd rather see Patrick Mahomes pull out a win in the end, but I, I just, I, I can see this game going a lot of different ways. Part of me, like in my head, I'm like, no, Philly's a better team. They're going to win this. But I'm also like, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to do something special and pull it out. So I, I've had the exact same thoughts uh, like a week ago or, or this weekend. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely picking Philly no matter what, like, mm-hmm. like after this performance. But I mean, it's been so easy for them that I worry that. Will a team like that has a quarterback like Mahomes and an offense like they do? Will that be a wake up call for Philly? Yeah, but at the no, same I think time, it's a valid concern. At, you know, at the same time, Chris Jones he was amazing in this game, but you know the Bengals' offensive line is so bad, and the Eagles', the Eagles offensive is line way is so better. good. Like that, that could be that could be something where like I don't want to get too hyped up about the Chiefs' defense because yeah, they, Chiefs they defense beat a, a very they beat a crappy old line like uh-huh. Cincinnati. Yeah, and the Eagles have maybe the best in the league. So, I'll just pick Philly because that obviously in the beginning of the year that wasn't the team that I picked, but they uh-huh. they have been consistently the team that I've been the highest on. Yeah, uh, no, I think for, that's pretty fair. much all season. Uh-huh. Um, 
and, and then I had them in the Super Bowl like before like the playoffs started. And so so I'll pick Philly, but I really could talk myself into either one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely leaning Kansas City, but I, I feel the same way. It's like it feels like such a toss up with like so many different things that could really swing this one way or the other. I could easily see going either way. Yeah, I would say I think it's kind of similar to my thoughts of last week, where I think if one of these teams wins in a blowout, it's the Eagles that they just you know if, it could be like that Super Bowl in uh you know against Tampa where Mahomes just had no time to do anything and he was running around for his life and the box offense was great against the Chiefs defense. I could see something like that happening. Uh, I'm not going to see, you know, him pulling out some magical plays like he did the year before against San Francisco. Yeah. I'm not going to give a rebuttal because if I do, then the <laughs> Eagles will blow them out and I will be bored out of my mind. So I'm uh, not even going to say like, no, you're wrong, Corey. It's not going to be a blowout. So I'm not. Even, sounds I'm good. Keep my mouth shut on that one. I think, yep. I think it's a good way to approach it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, before we wrap things up, there's been a lot of you know news in the football world outside of retirements and playoffs. And that is a lot of coach hirings and uh you know there was one head coach hiring made before the others but i think that the two that happened on tuesday are really big and maybe it's just because they just happened but sean payton going to the denver broncos broncos are trading a first and a second round pick to the saints to make him their head coach and at essentially the same time the Texans are bringing you back to Miko Ryans, former star player, 49ers defensive coordinator. He's going to be their head coach, ideally for the foreseeable future, not just another hire and fire. They gave him like a six-year contract, so I'd imagine that <laughs> it'll be more than just one year. Yeah. yeah, and it's like these two kind of feel relevant together just because there's a lot of conflicting reports about whether Ryans was Dender's first choice and Peyton was more of a fallback, which kind of feels crazy to say, but... I think in terms of the Broncos, if you want to have what feels like a home run hire, given the state of their offense, Sean Payton, just Walmart family. I would would so much rather between the two. I'd rather I so much rather have Sean Payton like for for that team specifically because their defense was it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) For the most part all year. Uh, But their offense was as bad as it gets. And Sean Payton is a is he overrated a little bit? Yes. Like he he has one Super Bowl. Uh, He's also has had moments of blowing it in big playoff games, but he is a great coach and great mm-hmm. offensive mind. And the Broncos need all the help they can get, especially Russell Wilson. And yeah, like trading a first and a second round pick is not ideal uh, to get Sean Payton, but they put themselves, put themselves in this corner that they, they need to, they really need to upgrade their offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got to get someone that can really help out Russell Wilson at this point in his career. And so I'm, I'm totally fine with the move, even though it's an overpay. But yeah, they 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 could not have been worse last year on offense. No, so. it, it was horrible, and I I I get the idea of wanting to have a competent head coach, even if it means bringing in a defensive guy. But it, they didn't feel like a team that needed a defensive coach. They felt like a no. team that needed an offensive guy to come in and run the show there. And Sean Payton is as big of a hire as you could realistically get this off season. And there are reports that they're going to be paying him like. 20 million plus a year to be their head coach and that was probably a big selling point for him over some of the other openings but you know when your owner owns Walmart like that the biggest (laughs) company almost in all of America you can afford to toss around all this kind of money and it's very different some other teams who have ownership groups who rely on these teams as a source of income Walmart it's like a pet project for these guys so it's uh 
it's definitely nice for Broncos fans to see them willing to shell out this kind of money to bring in Sean Payton. And there's some rumors that they might be able to bring back Vic Fangio as DC. He was the Dolphins are going to make him the highest paid defensive coordinator, but as, as far as I know, that hasn't been official. And there's still some rumors that Fangio would be, uh, you know, coming back to Denver, which he, feels crazy that he would want a, to go back. He's a guy where I would not want him as my head coach, but as a DC. Yeah, he's like, as good as it gets. And, right, uh, like it's like that. It's like Dan Quinn. Like I would. Oh not yeah, want, like, I feel the head same coach. Way. Like uh, like not really, but DC, he's definitely good. So, yeah, uh, just, some guys are not built to be head coaches, but are but make good coordinators. So. Totally random. So I, I I pulled up the ESPN app just to see if there was like any kind of news in here about Fangio and um, Celtics to be the Nets forty-one to thirteen in the first quarter, and it, it shows Kyrie Irving in the uh, video image. So I think he's playing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the latest is on that. I don't know if Fangio's going to end up in Miami like he originally committed to. I think the Niners are in on him now that Ryan's is in Houston. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the Broncos, I don't know that Sean Payton is going to come in and all of a sudden make this team go 12-5 and five instead of 5-12 and 12 last year. But agree, it's hard to think it's, their offense is going to be worse than it was. Like I They know, have that, to be better, right? Yeah, they have to be. I, I I agree what you said. Like I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be all of a sudden com- competing for the division. I'd still think it's Casey's. I know. I mean, that, the division but, is really tough. And yeah, it is a tough division. But I I do think it's a a big upgrade. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett could not have sucked more. Yeah, just I was all around. He out, was not a competent day, day, Literally coach. day one, I was <laughs> uh-huh. out. Out. Yeah. Well, you know, week <laughs> on one, him. not day one. Week one. That's yeah. what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, week we didn't one. know in the offseason. Like, oh yeah, right. Oh, they're gonna off-season, go get Aaron oh, Rodgers now. Uh-huh. It was clear that they wanted. Uh, I mean, well, guys moved to Nathaniel Hackett, but I mean, it was clear that it was a play to get Aaron Rodgers, and it was like, oh well, we we can't get Rodgers, so like, yeah, a plan B. And now this offseason, you have a similar scenario. So last year, it was. Aaron Rodgers goes to Green Bay, or not goes to Green Bay, re-signs with Green Bay, you know, big extension, whatever. And then, what, like an hour or two later, the Broncos trade for Russell Wilson, and the whole story was like, no, the, Bron- the Broncos have, like, Wilson's been their guy the whole time. They've been zeroing in on him for weeks. And now you have this situation where it's, you have, I think, Ian Rappaport is saying that D'Amico Ryans was their guy. They offered him the job, and he turned him down because he wanted to go back to Houston and coach the team he used to play for. And then they pivoted to you know trading for and signing Peyton to this massive contract instead. Adam Schefter says, no, Peyton was the guy the whole time. So you're in a similar situation of, like, what do you really believe? And I think that the Peyton hire was great for Denver, just given their offensive situation and their defensive situation. And I also think that, D'Amico Ryans is an incredible hire for the Houston Texans where they're at right now. Because uh, I, I mean, I think it's a fine hire, but I I do think I, I do think he was a little overrated just because like when you have a defense well, that has like Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, like no, Eric Armstead, like their defense you're, you're, you're gonna do you're gonna have some success. I just it's it's just me like. Uh, Anytime they show the Niners like doing something amazing on defense, they um, the cameras it was always always, going, like, always him. Like they, he got so much <laughs> airtime or like or FaceTime. Like wow, like I get it. He's the DC and their defense is good, but it's like some of the things. Player, that it's a, he it's can a bias do, for me. Like anytime like uh someone makes a great 
play on special teams, they don't. They always immediately go to the special teams coordinates <laughs> instead like, of saying, "No, you just made a nice tackle," or like, "It's yeah. like, oh yeah, that was clearly like that amazing athletic play was definitely on the coordinator that just standing there <laughs> on the sidelines with a headset." I, it's just a bias for me. It's no, nothing I, against D'Amico Ryan. I've always just, kind of felt that way when it comes to special teams coaches, but I do think that what D'Amico Ryan's did for the 49ers defense elevated them to being like mm-hmm. literally the best defense in the league. And yeah, he has mm-hmm. some stars on that, but they also have some holes on that defense. Like they were not like perfect top to bottom and Cleveland Browns fans will be the first to tell you that talent on defense can only go so far if you have an incompetent defensive coordinator so I I do think that D'Amico Rides is a great defensive coach and signing a 38 year old to a six-year deal has to be very refreshing compared to the old guys they've been hiring the past couple off seasons and I'm sure him and the Texans are in good ways like because he sued the organization (laughs) oh I know (laughs) and so and so it for them to be on good terms now, that's that's got to say something about uh, uh, say something about him and how they yeah how they feel about him. So no, like I think it's a good hire. It's just one bias I have. It's just like no, yeah, I, every I time they, he got that. so much face time that like it's just it's a player's game. It's a player's game. That's all I so I, I get the concept, but also there's been a lot of like really strong reports from people saying that Ryan's is like made to be a head coach he'll be like a great no, guy I, I believe for that, that team so <laughs> I, I'm excited about that hire for the Texans I think you know the Texans have just been such a horrible organization the past few years that it's it's refreshing to see them go out and get someone who is maybe the a top coach of, yeah good like also yeah, like yeah. maybe the number one guy of the hiring cycle depending on you know what what you want to believe out of Denver so mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm definitely excited to see what he does there. And then I think the question from here is, you know, what happens in terms of his offensive coordinator and what happens in terms of the number two pick? Because I still think they go quarterback unless they're just they love one guy and he goes number one. But for a guy like him, you talk about having guys like Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. Would he rather bring in a guy like Jalen Carter? No, or they, Will should, they should draft. Uh, they should draft a quarterback, whether if it's Stroud or if it's Bryce Young. They should easily take a quarterback. I think they should too. I'm just, I just think it kind of opens things up a little more having a, you know, a guy with his background coming in. I, I don't think it should. I mean, I think at 12 they can still get a defensive stud, and you know, they already have some like solid young pieces on defense to work with. But um, you know, that's certainly going to be a factor here. And I, I think the Bears are pretty much open to trading that number one overall pick, like almost guaranteed someone's going to move up for a quarterback so it really depends on how their board looks if it's 1a and 1b versus we want this one guy and we don't really like some of the others and i think all the quarterbacks have a lot of question marks in this class like <laughs> you know so yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see how that plays out um and then you know the other head coaching hire at this time the first one to happen it was last week but you know it's our first episode since then the panthers hiring frank reich former colts head coach who was fired midseason choosing him over Steve Wilkes who is the interim coach who turned them from a one and four disaster team to almost making the playoffs so uh, definitely uh, a bit of a controversial hire for a number yeah, of reasons I, I think it's an uninspiring move I, I, I don't I didn't wasn't a fan of it I think the, the Panthers were basically in real rebuild mode and then all of a sudden they were actually competing for a division. Now I know the division sucks, but the, the Panthers actually looked half decent uh, when he when he took over. And I think he, I th- I think he deserved a, sh- a shot at removing the interim tag and remaining the head coach. And and Frank Reich, I think yeah, he was good with Philly as the OC. And then 
he he got off to a good start with Indianapolis. I didn't like how the way it ended, but he deserved to like no longer be their coach. Um, yeah, I agree even though it ended in a bad way. And so I I don't know. I think I think uh I think I think they should have kept Steve Wilkes. I don't know. I'm I, back I'm, and forth on this one. I, yeah, I, kind of I, I am too, but I, I, I lean towards they should have kept Wilkes. I don't think anyone says this if the Panthers land Sean Payton. I think it's the fact that it was Frank Reich and a guy who was that's just true. fired yeah. last year. I think that's the problem because like, as much as like, yeah, the Panthers were better under Steve Wilkes, they still weren't a great football team. I don't think that Wilkes has proven that he's like a long-term answer as a head coach in this league. I think he's a guy who would be a very good defensive coordinator. I think that if you know the Niners I know he's uh, been requested for an interview with them. Like if they were to bring him in, I think he'd have a lot of success with that defense. But I don't know. I just question. It's the, it's the combination of both. So yeah, yeah, like if you said, if it's Sean Payton, like yeah, I'd rather have Sean Payton. But the fact that it's <laughs> Frank Reich, and it's like, but really? the fact that it's like, Frank Reich, it's just like, ugh, it's just like yeah. really, like like that's the guy that they're picking over, like the guy who did a pretty good job mm-hmm. uh, as the interim guy. That that's that's really what. It, I factor in is is who they replaced him with. Um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of what has me going back and forth on it because I I didn't necessarily think that Steve Wilkes was like, oh, you have to. Oh, you got to keep coach. him, but yeah. but because of who they brought in, it's like, yeah, I'd rather just kept the the guy that you know helped helped them in the second half of the year. Yeah, and I mean, I think Frank Reich is a decent head coach. He never had stability yeah, should, at quarterback. He, sh- he deserves to be a head coach. I thought he would be an offensive uh, coordinator be, first. But like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was a little overrated in the beginning, but I don't know. I just, I just think it's an uninspiring move. That's all. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And the Panthers are. I mean, they were in, they're in a position where they can legitimately come into the season favored to win the NFC South with you know just a decent off season, especially now that Brady retired. Who knows what Tampa is going to look like? New Orleans and Atlanta feel like they still have a little ways to go. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know that Frank Reich is like the guy that <laughs> I I would have expected for this team. Never really considered him being uh, a head coach again right away this year. I thought for sure he would be an offensive coordinator somewhere, but he'll be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And I don't, I don't know. I don't see him having that much more success than he did in Indianapolis. I still think the Panthers are going to be on an upward trajectory that they have a shot to be decent this year, but um, I don't really see them taking the next step with him. So yeah, they're just a they're just a below average bad football team. <laughs> like I don't know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're not really going to do anything anyway. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then you know, in addition to head coaches, there have been some some big moves in terms of coordinators. We already touched on Vic Fangio, but offensive coordinator hire Jets bringing in Nathaniel Hackett, you know, the former Broncos head coach. And I think that the significance of this is the speculation that Aaron Rodgers is going to be coming to New York. Yeah. So if they don't bring him in and it's Zach Wilson, I will love to watch every Jets game <laughs> just to see the comedy of the combination of moron Zach Wilson with moron Nathaniel Hackett as his OC. I would love to see that combination and see how it see how it goes on a football field but yeah it looks like this move is to bring in Rodgers it's like what does Nathaniel Hackett do I, I'm, I'm dead serious like the only thing I can say positively about him is that he's probably a nice guy but Aaron Rodgers for whatever reason seems to like him but I don't know like Aaron Rodgers and would probably just end up like not liking him anyway <laughs> if, they, if they were to go to the Jets and and 
you know, they have issues. By the way, one, this is kind of off topic, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he really is heading towards the path of just being like Brett Favre. Oh, I no, I mean, that's, career, yeah, I wanted to I mention that. I remember in the beginning that. of his career, I, I, I liked Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I thought he was fun to watch. He still kind of is. And, you know, he he made it a point that he did not want to be like Brett Favre. Uh, especially the way Brett Favre treated him when he was the backup and Brett Favre was the starter. But now he's like doing the same thing with Jordan. Now he's just like basically the same guy, except, uh, you know, you know, Brett Favre, his off season plan is drinking Budweiser while Aaron Rodgers plan is doing that weird, like thing that he, what is that? I don't even know what it's called. Where he he gets like stuff out of his system. I don't know. He's a weird guy. He's so weird. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's, so he's a strange dude these days. Yeah, I mean that that's yeah. fair. I've very much soured and on Rogers. He really is just like Brett Favre now. Like, am I, am I retiring? Am I not retiring? What am I gonna do? It's just like I don't care, dude. And then just, I get traded just, to the Jets. I hope so. I hope it happens. I don't want if he comes back to Green Bay. It's just gonna be the same thing over again. Where they oh, just, I know. Then I don't. I don't want to deal with him in Green Bay anymore. I, I would it's like, like I get something it. I get refreshing. It. I get him. it from years ago where he's like, all right, he's the NFL MVP. He's like, all right, uh-huh. like, I get it. But now he's not even that. And what's the point anymore? It, I do love just, the idea of Rodgers in like New York media and like how. That oh, happens. I would love it too. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling. You, I I want it to happen because because he'll be rejuvenated. Like he'll be he'll be motivated to to you know to win. But at the same time. I could also see it flaming out, and like especially with New York media, oh, like yeah, that'll be right? definitely, that'll definitely be entertaining. So I hope it happens, and because I'll root for the Jets even against them even more. So yeah, so I hope it happens. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how realistic it really is, but it does sound like the Packers are trading Rodgers. They're only sending him to the AFC. They won't trade him to the NFC. Is at least what they're saying. So. That makes the Jets. Why are they so afraid? One of the more, I don't. Why? Know. why? It like, doesn't I don't make care. any sense. Yeah. It, and they're like, they're like, oh, we need two or three first round picks. Like, no, just I would you're just not take one. Two or three first round picks. Right <laughs> I know. Rogers. Yeah. But it's you remember just, when? Remember the draft when it was uh, the Niners were in on Rodgers? Like that yep. was the rumor. Uh-huh. Like, oh, two first round picks and Jimmy. I I would have done that in a second. <laughs> yeah. No, I I think <laughs> that that would have worked out decently well for them. Uh, but yeah, I mean. I, it's just a saga that we continue to hear every single off season. And like every off season, I buy into the idea that he's done with the Packers. He's either retiring or he's going to get traded. I buy into it too. And it doesn't happen. It just never it, happens. Just, it, it never happens. And nothing changes with their, with, with they always just end up choking away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw, they didn't even make the playoffs. They, they end up choking week 18 <laughs> against the lions. Uh-huh. I know the lions are great, but still like, that's such no, a bad a, look. Yeah. Bad, bad way, you know, at home like that after winning four in a row to even get to that point, just incredible. So, uh, I mean, that'll definitely be the, the, the question there. Is, no, like, I, I the want Jets it to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I know New York, if, if, if Rogers were to go to the jets, like I think the jets would actually be a legitimate playoff team, but I just I think it'd too. be so entertaining to, just to see how it would go with Rodgers in a diff- on a different team, but especially a market like New York. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I think it would be more. So fun I, I kind of like, even though you know, it Derek would hurt Carr, the Patriots, uh-huh. even though it hurt the Patriots, I I want to see it happen. Well, you know, it wouldn't be for more than a year anyway. Like, <laughs> there's no way that Rodgers sticking around for like half a decade with the Jets. Yeah, I mean, he'll be there for a year, and then he'll go to Minnesota for a couple years, <laughs> and then he'll go to prison for, uh, <laughs> for welfare crimes in Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, he really is turning into Brett Favre <laughs> in, in a way. 
Uh, uh, just was, less uh, turnovers. <laughs> yeah, Wrangler jeans commercials for Rogerson. <laughs> what was the co- a copper fit? Copper fit. Yep. yep. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you know the last big news here: the uh, Dallas Cowboys have parted ways with offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Whether it's a firing or mutual agreement, he's gone and. Right away, you know, within five minutes, it felt like the Chargers hired him as their new offensive coordinator. I have no idea if this helps, helps or hurts the Chargers or Cowboys. Like, I, I mean, Kellen Moore. I'm, I don't know. Like, I don't think he. Dak was just so careless of the football that I can't even judge. Like, can't even judge how uh, good or bad Kellen Moore was. They were a top ten. O- the Cowboys were a top ten offense almost every year when he was their OC. I think every year except for when Dak was injured, but. Their fans hate him. I don't understand. Like, I, I've never understood the Kellen Moore saga. It feels like ever since he became their offensive coordinator in 2019, he was, like, the next guy in waiting. He was going to take over Jason Garrett. He'll be their head coach. And if that didn't happen because they hired Mike McCarthy, everyone else is going to try to hire him. He's, like, this next big thing. And yet he continues to stay in Dallas, continues to have a pretty good offense, and they their fans are just like no we hate Kellen Moore like we're so glad he's gone now like he needs to be fired before this happened and I just I don't understand this situation at all yeah I I don't get it either I guess the one thing I'll say is that you know if he were to take over for Staley then then I think that's already a positive uh you know at head coach next season not not well uh, not next season but like the the year after in like 2024 (laughs) i mean even just taking over joe lombardi like that feels like it should be an upgrade (laughs) right so you know herbert he was you know really just uh a check down quarterback to herbert and a lot of that Mm -hmm. had to do with the injuries of keenan and mike yeah i also just think their offense was just designed to just really short passes and i think Mm -hmm. I think Herbert gets too much flack for not being an aggressive quarterback. Like I've, I, we've seen Herbert throw it down the field in past seasons. Uh, yeah. I, I always go back to that game versus the Raiders in Week 18. We're like, yeah, they lost, but like Herbert put the team on his back. Oh, on he that was game. he was awesome in that game. He was incredible, yeah. and it's like I've we've seen Herbert be aggressive down the field and and have and show off a strong arm and like that team. That team, yes, they're. They're always going to just find a way to blow it. But in terms of their talent, like they should be in that class with like right behind KC, Buffalo, and Cincinnati, but they're just not. And I think this possibly could help. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I look at the coaching as a, uh, as a, I don't know, a negative for the Chargers. And we saw it in this, the last playoff game that they were in. Yeah. And I, I, you know, the offensive coordinator is also a big piece of that. You know, obviously you and I uh, collectively are not big fans of Brandon Staley as a head coach at this point. But I do think that, you know, the Chargers have so much potential to be great. And I'm really curious (laughs) to see if Kellen Moore can, you know, unlock anything to make him slightly more relevant than they have been and, you know, actually be able to compete with the rest of the AFC. So, say you know who does think the the chargers in really good shape next year skip bayless he tweeted out chargers the next year's super bowl are you gonna join him and make the same prediction again (laughs) oh no if that's the case screw that (laughs) i didn't even know that well i think he's just mad that the cowboys got rid of kellen moore so that's more of his oh yeah now he goes to the chargers and they're gonna go to the super bowl and make dallas look like idiots are getting rid of him 
Oh, if, if if he picked the Chargers, then then I guess I'm have to, <laughs> I have to be out now. Oh my god! The media loves the Chargers. I mean, it, normally you wait until like April before you start getting those predictions, but yeah, Skip's getting right on top of it on January 31st or whatever it was. So um, we'll still be up. I I still believe. I mean, I know it's way too far ahead, but if I were to predict, yeah, like I I I believe that they're still a a playoff team. But as long as Staley's their coach, like I'm not gonna pick them past like the divisional round. Like I just I smart. I yeah. I I've, I waited too long to get off the the Staley bandwagon. Like <laughs> I I think he's I thought he was a sharp coach, but like no, he's just a fake sharp. Just like he's like Cliff Kingsbury in a way. Um, and yeah. just like I don't know, yeah. just way too involved in the numbers and his own shtick and. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a fan now. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think anything can convince me to fully buy into the Chargers, short of them actually breaking through and winning a Super Sean Bowl. Sean Payton, uh, if they were to hire him, which obviously they won't now, but if they hired him, I would have probably been back on. But yeah, it would have been a huge it. hire if they managed to. I I, I think it would have been a great hire because I I think I think Herbert. I I don't know. I ever since he's coming in the league, he's like, all right, I definitely think he's great. And he just needs a better offensive mind at the mm-hmm. coaching position uh, to help him be in that class of those other guys like Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow. And so, yeah, I agree with that. No, I, I've always been high on Herbert, and I'm I'm excited to see what Kellen Moore can do with him. So, anyway, that'll do it for uh, you know football talk here. We'll talk about the Super Bowl in two weeks in our next episode, and we will have a top five then. You know, I, I had questions about not doing one this week, and we ended up having an even longer episode than the past two, despite only having two games to talk about because there's just, you know, more stuff in here. So, but uh, yeah, we're in the home stretch here. Definitely excited for the Super Bowl, but also sad football season is ending. Oh, it, it's a brutal time of the year for, for me personally. <laughs> when it comes to, like, once football's over, it's like, oh, no. Like, yeah. like I, I want March Madness to just hurry up. Like, let's, I know, let's, I know. You let's got, fast you forward to March. A little, little too long of a gap there. I know. So, for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>